0: Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today we're going to be discussing sketches from Tim and Eric, awesome show, Great Job, and Wizards with Guns. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketch nerds. All right. And today our guest is Ashley Nimmo. Um, she's a member of bad medicine she does other comedy things and she's joining us via zoom from baltimore right
1: yeah yeah from baltimore
0: yep. okay all right so i'm here too uh, hey
1: <laughs> me hey as
0: well. no no i haven't no 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 i'm i'm just i'm following what we do it says introduce the just guest kidding. and then ask our guest comedy stuff i'm showing you how the sausage is made people <laughs> And then, after I do that, I say, joining me as always are Isaiah Hedden and Hello. Kelsey Sweeney. I'm Seth Alcorn, and today we're happy to have Ashley Nemo as a guest. How are you, Ashley?
1: I'm good. How are you? I, you know,
0: I'm doing pretty well. Reading through the script. It's fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> but uh, in all serious now, uh, seriousness now, let's, let's talk about your, your history with sketch comedy, because I know you from bad medicine, obviously. But uh, what were you up to before that?
1: A whole lot of nothing. Just (laughs) thirty eight years of just sitting, sitting down, and do it. You know, no. So um, I uh, uh, I guess I I started in comedy. Um, and my first like real job. Well, so I I wrote for my school humor newspaper. Um, I went to yeah. I can't talk. University of Maryland, I wrote for the Cow Nipple, the humor newspaper there, and I liked doing that. Um, And then at my first real job after college, my boss was like, hey, you're really funny. I know what your salary is. and I know that you cannot afford anything besides probably rent. So I'm going to pay for you to take stand-up comedy classes at the DC Improv. And then it was funny because he he fired me like two weeks later because he's like, I think I think you're funny. I think you're gonna <laughs> do well at stand up, but you're not a good employee. And he was not wrong to do that. I was I was not a good employee at all. Um, but you know, so I stopped working at that job and wait I, I, uh, can
0: we can we hear can we hear a little more about why you weren't a good employee? I'm curious, what were you doing? <laughs> Taking extra long lunches? What?
1: I just didn't take the job very seriously. If there wasn't anything egregiously, I didn't do anything egregiously wrong. I think it was just that this is my first job out of college. I was 22. Um, it just took me a long time to do stuff. Um, I just wasn't quite cut out for the job, I think. So, you know, yeah, I just couldn't, you know, now I'd be fine with a job like that, but at the time I just wasn't, you know, cut out for it. What was the job? Pediatrician? uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pediatricians, they make like It's its like waiters, waiters and waitresses They make like two bucks an hour or something like that Live on tips just It's tough to take
2: seriously, you know You're just yeah. like, oh, I'm 22 I don't want to care about
1: this dying child I yeah. know, that that is, yeah It was a, a kind of like a, a personal assistant Office manager type thing But it was for like a, a software company That was like, oh, you know If you do well here, then you climb up the corporate ladder Or whatever, but I did not do well there So I did not climb up <laughs> that particular ladder but it's fine and there's no hard feelings like I'm still in touch with a lot of people who I work with there and it's a great company but I just I just sucked it you know I was just bad at it so <laughs> um but I took the stand-up comedy classes and I really enjoyed it I took them at the DC Improv and uh was like oh this is great and then I like moved to Texas for no particular reason and didn't really do anything with comedy and moved like to you do yeah yeah, well, you know you just move to Texas, move to China, go to grad school, then you 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 don't do a whole lot, you know, because you're busy. Um, and then my my mom passed away, and I was kind of like, huh, I should, you know, get back into, you know, I think that that when something like that happens, you're like, oh, I need a distraction. I kind of need some type of purpose in life. And that's when I kind of, I've been dabbling a little bit in improv, but I'm like, I need, I like improv, but I don't love improv. I need something else. And, um, so I was kind of doing improv more to kind of keep myself busy. And I met, um, uh, Kiki Anderson, who was in bad medicine at the time. She is now out in Los Angeles doing standup comedy and she's also doing sketch comedy, but she had somehow gotten in with you guys. I'm not, not quite sure.
0: We're never sure. Bad medicine.
3: We take people in. We try to get Kelsey, <laughs> but she
1: fled to LA as well. Uh, we kind sort of shows. are sort of
0: an <laughs> amoeba-like comedy team, is how I've heard it described. We just sort of ooze over, and it's like, well, now you're part of Bad Medicine. Sorry. Yeah,
1: you just like like take people in, like yeah, just absorb yeah. them and part of the the giant organism. Um, yeah, but so she was in bad medicine. And so, you know, we were in Baltimore and we met at an improv, um, event and, uh, she was like, Hey, you're funny. I want to start a sketch comedy troupe in Baltimore. Let's do that. And so we tried that we got like six or seven people together. We put on one show (laughs) And it was fine, but then it kind, kind of fell apart after that. Like people weren't, it, it was difficult to meet and like meet schedules and people weren't as dedicated as we wanted them to be, blah, blah, blah. And then she had decided that she was going to move out to LA to pursue comedy. And she's like, hey, I'm leaving Bad Medicine. You seem like you're really, like really, really into this stuff. How about if I kind of like leave you, uh, you know, give you sort of a recommendation as I'm leaving? And so she did. And I, I guess- that whatever she said was good enough for you guys to also absorb me into the breathing organism that is bad medicine. So, and that what's was great.
3: Is, what's great is you actually live like in the middle of Baltimore and yes. you would drive all the way to DC for every meeting, for every yep. writer's room, for every rehearsal, for every show. And for the longest time, we didn't believe you actually lived there until we actually met <laughs> you, and we're like, "Oh my God, she might be the most committed member." But we have people who live blocks away from where we meet and don't come, and Ashley is there regularly. Like we're, so, props to you for being for, sh- yeah. for making it out. Yeah. For those
0: of you who are not in the DC metro area, Ashley committed to basically a two-hour round trip to do all of these things. Baltimore is really only about. Thirty miles away from DC, but it's an hour drive.
2: Yeah, and depending it's on the bad medicine gas reimbursement program. Oh yeah, yeah no, that's
0: great so- that we started that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to that? convince convince uh, convince us to see if we could do something with a Mark train, just to get a little Mark train.
1: <laughs> or like with a private plane, and you know something like that. I, you know, working you know, on it. Jetpack yeah. on um, anything. Um, we just
0: we just need to absorb somebody who's rich into the group.
1: Elon Musk. Oh, before. He, on SNL. he is experienced now come yeah, on. I'm,
0: I'm not gonna be surprised if he's like i'm starting elon sketch show
1: <laughs> good for him good for everyone you know everyone's gotta have a hobby so um
0: isn't his hobby going to mars
1: I, you know yeah that is his hobby something like that um but but yeah and i uh i have to say that once i joined bad medicine and sketch it was like you know, for me, Sketch has been love at first sight. It Definitely. i done improv. i done a little bit of standup, but Sketch was like, I felt like it was the best of both worlds because mm. Sketch is like, with, with stand up it's like, you're just by yourself. You know, if you get up on stage and you suck, that's all on you. Whereas improv, you know, it's like the group, it's completely the group. Whereas Sketch is like, it's kind of you, but it's also kind of the group and it's great. And I love it. And, you know, it's yeah, I can't say enough things, good things about doing sketch. And it, it has kind of given me purpose. And it was like the missing piece of the puzzle. And I'm not going to cry because my mascara, but it's waterproof. So maybe I can cry a little, but no, it's, I really like it. And that, that's why I drive that two hour round trip.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know you're dedicated. I remember like the, basically the, almost the first time I met you, I think, and then the first show we were in together it was that drive down to Richmond through that oh rainstorm. Was, that
1: yeah. bridge of death? Uh,
0: yeah, the death bridge. <laughs> that was fun. It's I forget which bridge it is, but there's a, a very narrow bridge that crosses, I believe, the Potomac. Uh, fairly, like, if you go a particular way to Richmond and it's two lanes and the visibility was zero and it was fantastic.
3: <laughs> was that the uh, Game of Thrones burlesque show?
0: That was the Game of Thrones burlesque show, yeah. <laughs>
3: Great. Uh, I love the pictures that came out of that. And like the sketches, we bought swords uh, we did. and we've never used them again. <laughs> no. Oh, I guess, I guess you never that means found like, an
1: excuse. To I, use I know. A sword in a sketch I don't know. I
3: don't know. There are these two large broad swords that are like life size, with they're made of foam, and we've
1: never used them again.
0: I guess. I guess I need to write some more like D D nerd sketches or something like that.
1: Yes, you do. Yes you, yes, you do. do. Chekhov would be disappointed in us.
3: Yeah, we <laughs> <If you> don't <laughs> use not, the weapon. It's we're, we're not
1: using the weapon, so. Mm.
3: Mm. So the uh, the thing that caught me up was the Maryland uh, cow nipple. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you guys are the turtles. So it's not even, there's no, <laughs> there's no connection. So yeah. is this just like student run, um mm-hmm. uh, comes out once a semester?
1: Like what is that? It came out, I think, once, like twice a semester. I think it, we did it four times a year. It was student run. I have no idea where the name came from, but we would have someone dress up in a giant cow suit and like distribute the, the newspaper. Um, but that was kind of where um, I fell in love with doing comedy related stuff. And I know that you might not be able to tell, but I, so I'm I'm exceedingly, exceedingly tall. Um, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily come over on Zoom. I'm 6'5", right? And so I think that you kind of, I had to develop Sort of a sense of humor because people are jerks about it. They'd be like, oh, like what did you eat growing up? Fertilizer? I'm like, no, like I would be dead, you know. <laughs> like, what, what? What do you? think You know? Um. Or I, people would tell me like, oh, you should have started smoking when you were five. Then you'd be shorter, you know. Yes, probably, but you know, I'm sure also they're dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, I know. People just want me dead, I, I, basically, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think that that kind of helps you develop a sense of humor. But but then doing something like the humor newspaper or like a sketch comedy group helps you kind of like uh, focus that humor energy that you're developing when you're, you're uh, you know, coming up with the quips to people who harass you on the street as you're walking around. So
3: <laughs> is that are you still using that as a source of inspiration or have you now? You have found other things and other communities to pull from TV shows, Reddit, like what's your, what drives your writing now?
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, just, just real life. Um, and I do, I write on, you know, I am like an avid Redditor, like super nerd, but just in that department other, you know, um, I put, if you look on the divorce birds subreddit, I post frequently on there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that I, I try to get inspiration just from real, real life. What do I? What, what's wrong with divorced birds? Sometimes birds are not monogamous. Sometimes they get divorced, and you can write a funny story about it. Okay, <laughs> sometimes they fall out of love.
2: I not didn't a, like, know bird fan fiction was what I needed in my life. But it's
1: totally a thing. Bird bird divorce fan fiction is a. It's a. It's fun. It's just well, basically it's- yeah.
0: There really is something for everybody out there, isn't there? Yeah. Speaking of watching things, we didn't watch Inside, but we did watch a couple of sketches. So let's talk about those. Uh, Ashley, would you like to uh, introduce
3: yours?
1: Sure. So um, my sketch is from Tim and Eric. Um, Awesome uh, show. Great job about prices and it is i think a fantastic weird little sketch all right Um, yeah let's
0: let's let's have a clip yes Tim's discounted prices shattered to the ground. Buy premium prices. Hi, I'm Eric and welcome to Eric's Premium Prices. I've got all the premium prices. I've got $19.99 for sale for $20. You come to me when you want fine European prices. They're premium. Come on in, buy $35.50 for $40. Oh, lay an egg. Go to Tim's discount prices. Our $6.99s are down to 2 dollars ah. Tim buys his prices from China. Mine are real. American men <laughs> Who wants to pay a premium for prices? Come on down to Tim's discount prices
3: and pay small prices.
0: Okay, there we had a clip, yay! Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, what what's the game of the sketch?
1: Well, I personally think the game of the sketch is it takes. I mean, well, I think if you watch the Tim and Eric show, a lot of their sketches have this weird, like low budget public television and or infomercial infomercial type feel. Um, and this sketch is certainly no exception, right? This is like a weird type of crappy commercial that you would only see on, like, you know, a local television show, right? Um, and it's kind of, I think that's something that it does is it, you know, you see these commercials where they're like, our prices are low, lower, even lower, but then this one kind of takes it to the next level by having two people pit their prices against each other, right? And then we also see that the sketch is literally about prices, which is impossible right that's that's part of what comedy is is it's taking something that's absurd and this is literally you know it's you know you can't like see you know where they're talking about literally selling prices which is not something you can do and so I think that's something that's really really brilliant about this uh sketch is and that's something that makes it stand out
3: I can't remember it Kelsey are you
2: you a fan of Tim and Eric were you you on that I feel like we I missed I miss the train. Like when it was on air, I was too young. So I've only been introduced to it like through YouTube now. I've never seen like a full episode, even to this day, but fan of what I have seen sporadically on YouTube. Cause you've seen the best stuff. I think
3: the best stuff of theirs has survived the show's airtime, but when it was on, I I fucking hated the show and I still, yeah, it was just too much. I felt like it was trying too hard to be weird and wacky and like, alt not comedy comedy and so it's always hard to get in and get into it but out of all the sketches they do this one is my favorite one of theirs I think it's a great premise Um, I like the conflict I like how it dissolves into just people cutting each other off faster and faster and faster and I, I like that they're just they go from like talking about their their product to just bashing each other, um, and I kind of like that escalation. Um, it, it works. It works for me.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with Isaiah. As you may remember, frequent listeners may recall that there is a rift in Bad Medicine. There's the Tim and eric side and the anti eric side, and I'm with <laughs> Isaiah on the anti eric side. But again, I also agree with him. This sketch is funny. It's a good sketch. I enjoy it. I will say that if I'm not mistaken. Because what we have is we have two competing, uh, two competing commercials uh, that are trying to sell you prices. We've got the the discount prices and the premium prices, and they keep interrupting each other, as Isaiah said, right? Uh, and that you know heightens the sketch. I want to say that I think uh, Mr. Show did something similar at one point where they had the the competing commercials. Uh, and I don't know that they interrupted each other, but it was like one commercial immediately after the other one. Yeah, it was the uh,
3: the grocery store. The grocery store. Um, right. Where one was like a mom and pop shop, and the other one was like a, a chain corporate. corporate chain. And they like slowly put the mom and pop out of business yeah. by telling lies about the other store. Yeah, I yeah. think
0: we I think we actually discussed that, but I remember that. And we don't have any rats in our grocery store. Yeah. Hi, this is the mom and pop shop owner. I don't know yeah. why they talked about rats anyway.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a good one too. That's a good one too.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, I I I what I really like is the idea of it's not two, two people competing with the same gimmick. You've got the you've got the one guy selling discount prices and the other one selling premium. It's like, oh, don't buy these crappy discount prices, buy my premium prices. And I think one of my favorite little jokes is that he would offer to sell you the price for more than the price was worth. I've got $19.99 <laughs> that I'll sell for $20. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I thought that part was great. To find European prices. <laughs> yeah, um, like, oh, European his prices, prices are from China. They're not real. Don't buy them. <laughs> um, and I, I just like the little subtle touches in this uh sketch. Like when, when Eric uh goes fishing for the prices and he gets it out and he's like, oh, this this price isn't good enough or it's not meaty enough. I'm not going to feed it to my family. And then he throws it back. I thought that was cute. Um, Or when he gets his head kicked off uh, by a horse for like no particular reason, you know, that's completely out of left field, but it made me laugh because it was so unexpected. There's
0: a lot of decapitation in this sketch.
1: Yes. Yeah. That happens again, too. At the end of the sketch, Um, I believe that Eric or Eric or one of them decapitates the other uh, just by slicing his, uh, his uh, hands like that. So. And that
3: editing style is very Tim and Eric
1: that just like cut it up. And so I don't even
3: know if while they were shooting it, were they thinking, you know, that was, just, that was all going to happen. If it's going to be that, that much cut up, that much slicing and dicing. Maybe it was like we shoot in front of the grand screen, we're gonna say some crazy shit, and then you're gonna take it, editor, Doug, and and run with it.
2: I think it must have been I to me that's the whole parody of it. The like it's because it looks like a local low budget commercial with the like the dynamite things and like visually it's so fun to watch. I think that has to have been what they were going for from the outset. That it makes the whole thing work.
0: Yeah, which actually sort of brings me to my next question, which is how do they use speed in this sketch? And to be clear, I do not mean the drug. Not not talking about that kind of speed. Maybe. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We, they were hopped up on goofballs when they were making the sketch. That's how they did it so well.
3: I would say, time-wise, each section... Literally got shorter and shorter yeah. and shorter and shorter until it was like seconds, half a second, milliseconds before they would cut to the next commercial guy stepping on the other guy. Yeah, um, It literally it, shortened the time. It was,
0: it was very much a situation where you had just enough time to register what the one person was doing before the other person would come in and uh, interrupt that scene and do his own thing.
1: Yeah, it almost felt like a a musical number, like it was going from like four four time to like you know two two time or like staccato or something, where it's just like da 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 da, you know, kind of like being cut down like that in some rhythmical fashion towards the end, leading to the you know explosion.
2: Yeah, I feel like it was so um you just feel like you're on this car that you're just like white knuckling and it's hurtling towards the bridge that's been blown up, and you're going faster and faster which is really interesting. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but comparing that to the pacing of the other sketch that we watched for today, which are both similar styles and I think both parodying the same thing, but that one had a very different pacing, whereas this one just, you're going up the mountain and you're only going up into the sky. like.
0: Yeah, headed for that deluxe 599 that we're all <laughs> waiting for.
2: <laughs>
3: Can anyone think of another sketch that also uses speed like this where it literally kind of gets faster and faster and faster and faster and faster as it goes whether it's line delivery or motion or even two characters talking over each other i was trying to think of one the other day and i actually could not i'm sure there is if i you know went to google and started looking i probably could find it off the top of my head i was trying to think you know who else has done something like this
0: i i want to it's been a while since i've seen it but i want to say that there's there's a Python. There's a Monty Python bit that's not the same but has that similar kind of people keep interrupting each other vibe or gimmick, if you will. I feel like I I wish I could remember what it was. That would make this a more interesting
3: conversation. <laughs> I feel like Key and Pill had one that was something similar. Yeah.
1: I'm uh, sure they. yeah. It's a good technique to use. It's definitely effective.
2: You know, I do see it a lot tiktok sorry to keep bringing it up this is an indicator of how much time in my life is wasted but i think obviously this sketch came out before tiktok but now where so much of the medium has to be done in a minute you have to get to that 10 so quickly that it is that white knuckle ride that we're seeing here
0: yeah i i I, I have a friend who does um (laughs) uh I'm involved in a lot of weird sub TikToks. Like there is a D&D TikTok that, that it exists and I'm in it. And a friend of mine does this thing where he does, is your favorite spell a war crime? But he does it in like the 15 to 30 second range. So oh. he's talking, he's not quite talking as fast as a Micro Machines guy, but he is talking pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, I think you have... You can go fast, but if you're if people can't hear what you're saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. the, the, the joke's the, the speed is in the delivery of the joke, but it's not funny because you're going fast, you know. It's like a vehicle to get to the punchline, but it's not really that's not the funny part.
1: And that's right? very true. I've definitely seen some stuff on TikTok where people will just like talk fast at each other for no reason and it's not it's not necessarily funny, you know, it's just you know, talking fast in and of itself is not necessarily humorous, so.
2: Well, Seth, you mentioned in this sketch, this Tim and Eric sketch, by the time you register what you're seeing and hearing from one of the guys, they've already moved on and they're already halfway through the other guy. To me, that adds to the sketch, but do you think that it, I don't know, we're we're talking about the same thing, right? Like if your audience can't keep up with you, are you going to lose them? I didn't feel
0: lost in this one. No, but I think that's that's part of the the fun of it is that they don't intend for you to keep up, and it's it's again it's parroting those public access or really cheap commercials where you know you're getting hyped up about selling you know the thing that you can put in a milk carton that prevents it from spilling, whatever that little gimmick is. But they get really hyped up about the weirdest crap. It, you look at, I'm no, you've never, you've never seen, you never seen it's It's, <laughs> it's basically. It. What? It,
1: I, <laughs> Am I, I having a stroke?
0: <laughs> what? No, I vividly remember the commercial where it's like somebody picks up like a half gallon milk carton. And of course, as, as you would expect, they're completely inept at opening it and they just fumble <laughs> it and the milk spills everywhere. And then it's like, well, why not use this thing? And it's basically a little spigot that you just poke into the carton and then pour the milk out. And what I've learned <laughs> is that a lot of that stuff where you look and you go, why would anybody buy this? Um, it's actually for disabled people. It's like stuff that makes their lives easier. And then mm-hmm. they're like, but that's not enough of a market. We have to sell it to everybody. And then you get somebody who's you know really hyped up about this thing that you look at. You're like, this is really weird. But mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. It's just this this frenetic energy, this manic energy, if you will, about selling their products and the rivalry between them takes over. At, yeah, it takes over. Right, they're no longer selling the product, they're just bashing each other.
3: So, Kelsey, I feel like you're really good about this, writing two characters getting into a confrontation, fighting it out over with words. Do you draw a line for how far they are allowed to go against each other? Cuz it is two people on stage eventually talking to each other. Or are you like there's no line? Everything's fair game. Like where where do you put the ball there?
2: Oh, I I think I know that my line is perhaps a little further than other folks' lines. I gotten in trouble sometimes. <laughs> oh boy. But I think this one, this sketch, I mean, they dropped the word rape and I did laugh at that line. I don't think I'm supposed to in twenty twenty one, but I I did laugh. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, that part actually felt a little off for me. That felt a little flat. Really? I was like, Yeah, you don't need to like you could have used to kill.
2: I I I hear what you're saying, uh, but I see why and where they used it in the sketch that they did because it's it's the worst thing. And we're talking about the worst things. And if we're trying to get to a true ten, let's go to that ten. I don't know, but I, I think I'm definitely in the minority and I think in time my words right now will age very poorly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So
0: you'll be back you're in 10 years to
2: apologize. <laughs> yep. I'm typing out my uh, notes app apology right now to go out on Twitter. <laughs> Sketch nerds
0: 2031. We're sorry for everything we said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: that is true. I did laugh as well. It was one of those like, oh, kind of laughs. Um, where it's like, right, wow, that's that's punchy below the belt, but whoa, that was that was a zinger. And they don't sit on it. So it's like, you know, yeah. at that point you're going so fast, so if you don't even get a chance to to process it before they've moved on to the next uh, bashing mark. Ashley, do you have a limit for wh- what your characters are allowed to say and not
1: say? Sadly, I don't I don't think I do. I feel kind of like as long as you aren't punching down, there are no limits, if that makes any sense. I think as long as you, you know what I mean, as far as punching down, as long as you aren't making fun of someone who shouldn't be made fun of, then... I don't know. I feel like you as long as you're artful about it you can make fun of like almost anything. But it take it takes like a skillful hand that I think is diff- it's difficult to pull off or, you know, if it's something really drastic like this, I would, I would have never put that in, but you know, these guys are, these guys are experts. These guys are, you know, have been doing this for years and are brilliant. And, you know, they were able to pull it off. And I also, you know, would normally, I think uh, be slightly appalled at something like that. But yeah, I didn't really think twice about that joke because it was just kind of like so transient in the sketch. So.
0: All right. So they hit a hot button issue, but at least they didn't dwell on it. Uh, yeah,
1: that's that's, that's the, the lesson there. <laughs> just skim over it; and you'll be fine.
0: All right. So, next question: Is there something else you could use to get this sketch going that wasn't discount prices
3: or premium prices? Or yeah.
0: premium prices? Yeah. yeah. No, actually, don't think, don't, don't I, Tim and Eric have a similar sketch with just numbers, where it's just a commercial and they're just yelling numbers at you?
2: This um, I think this is the number commercial. one. No,
0: that's, it, python. That's number wangs Not um, python. Um uh, uh yes. Oh uh,
2: and
3: group that he loves.
0: Yeah. I, that that I also enjoy, and I can't remember their names.
3: Anyway. <laughs> I'm on the internet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna search this up while we're talking. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that were they just yelling numbers. I thought this was the sketch. Mitchell and Webb.
0: Mitchell and Webb yes. That Mitchell
3: and Webb look.
0: That Mitchell and Webb look.
3: But that, the n- numbers don't mean anything where here, I think they don't mean anything, but they do mean something because they're a product.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, I, it maybe, it maybe I did have a stroke and remembered something that doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> well, I think the game here is the competition. I think it could have been like, like they were selling lemonade. They could have been kids selling lemonade, lemonade stands. And it could have been like, well, ours is this. Oh, well, ours is that, you know, and just right. I don't I, know if
0: yeah, I think that if it wasn't prices, you couldn't, you, I think you'd do two different things. I think you it wouldn't be like discount lemonade and premium lemonade, you know what I mean? I think mm, it'd be like, right. like lemonade and fruit punch or something like that.
3: Okay. Kool-Aid and lemonade.
0: Yeah, Kool-Aid and lemonade. Like it, with the prices, it's, it's funny because it's, you know, absurd, you can't sell prices. But if you're doing something you could sell, I don't think it would be as funny if it was two people trying to sell the same thing.
2: Yeah. I think for me, yeah, that's
1: true.
2: Especially looking at where the sketch ends up, I see the like main game of it as the conflict between them and the parody of the rival local public TV channel salesman. So the in was the prices. And at first I thought, oh, this is going to be a funny sketch about prices. But to me, it, it evolved past that. So I think the in could have been anything, honestly. The prices were just a really funny in.
0: Yeah, and it was a way to introduce the rivalry between them, which is, which is honestly, I, I, think you know, going back to an earlier question, I think that's the game. It's, it's the rivalry between them. It's not the prices. It could be anything, but it's how deeply involved they are with trying to tear the other person
3: down. Hmm. They. They. This is this sketch is from season four, episode four. Did they ever bring these characters back? I mean, they probably were hitting their stride by then and already had like a list of all their crazy characters. Um, but I feel like these guys could have come back and done something else. I don't, I don't know if there's another, because I've never seen the full series. Yeah. Do you, do you, does anybody know if they brought something like this back?
0: I don't know. I'm going to shake my head. That's good radio.
1: Oh Yeah, I'm,
2: no.
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I watched, the, I've seen a bunch of the, the sketches, but I don't think I've seen those characters, but that doesn't mean maybe they weren't in another sketch at some point, so.
0: Now, do you think this is the best sketch that's under two minutes?
1: Like in the,
0: the known yeah. universe? or <laughs> it, well, The known universe, <laughs> but it, I don't know. For me, it's one of those things where, it, it, okay, I'm, go, I'm going to draw an analogy to writing there's a sort of a, uh, like an informal competition among authors that is, what is the shortest story you can write that's a complete story? Uh, and I think Hemingway started it with, uh, like, I forget what but it's like, $2 baby
3: shoes, never worn. Uh,
1: baby shoes it's, for sale, never worn.
3: I never worn, yeah. Yeah. I think because it's a commercial parody... It, it's, it needs to be short, and so I think most commercial parody sketches that are true to the commercial form are probably always going to be pretty quick. And this, I can't really think of one that made me laugh as hard watching it the first time as this one. And that's the only reason I would put it up there near the top for a sketch that's under two minutes. It's literally straight up under two minutes.
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking of a ton of blackouts – Which honestly are not as prevalent online as oops online as they are um, in live sketch, but like a blackout's under three seconds, right? And those are some of my most near and dear sketches that I've ever seen. That just I think about them and I still laugh.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with Kelsey. Kind of, it's difficult to to judge based on like when you go to these sketch festivals and you see these live sketches that you never see a video of again, Um, and some of those are brilliant, but it's like you know, you can't pull that up for a friend and be like, Oh, do you see this one? Like, you know, it doesn't exist in video format. Um, so, but I definitely think this, one. I mean, I, this one made me laugh very hard and I think that's great, but I do sometimes, uh, wonder, you know, with TikTok being this, this micro video format and Vine prior to that, you know, is that kind of condensing comedy does, is that kind of like a, a death knell for like the five minute long sketch?
0: Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, you know, uh, I was talking earlier, I think before we started recording about it, SNL has been going for yeah. years and years and years, and it doesn't show any signs of stopping. So mm-hmm. while I think that TikTok is bringing that sort of comedy to more people and to be more front and center about it, I think there's always going to be a place for longer sketches. It's, you know, to go back to writing again It's like, well, there's short stories and there's novels And just because the one exists doesn't mean the other one's not going to exist
1: Yeah, that's a really good point
0: Right, because you're doing, you're doing different things with them I mean, the end is to make people laugh But with a blackout sketch, specifically, it's you get in You get one joke, it's the punchline, it has to land And then you're done And with other sketches, you can I mean, like, even though this is short, it does It has a build to it and you layer the comedy on top of each other or on top of itself and then um you know you again you build up to a big finish you can't do that with you know 15 second sketch 30 second sketch blackout sketch
3: very true and good writing is good writing yeah so you know if it's good people are going to watch it yeah First times can be awkward for everything, including comedy. So why not look back at a comedy writer's first attempt at making an audience laugh? From Philly Sketchfest, have a listen to My First Sketch, the podcast introducing you to sketch comedians from around the world, starting with their first sketch. Hosted by me, Josh Hyam, we'll explore how a writer got started, what shaped their sense of humor, and where they go from here. Check out My First Sketch at myfirstsketch.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm
0: A.J. Schrader, and I believe everyone has a story worth telling, and also that I should potentially profit off of their stories. That's why I started the podcast I Wrote You a Pilot, where each episode I talk to a not-yet-famous person about their television interest and then make them read a television pilot I hastily wrote for them with the hopes of catching the eyes of the president of television. It's available on most major podcast platforms, or you can find out more directly at
2: iwroteyouapilot.podbean.com.
0: All right, Isaiah, you're bringing us something with wizards with got Gun- from Wizards with Guns. Uh, that's uh, it's a group I've never heard of before. I watched the sketch, so here we go. Wizards with Guns is a YouTube sketch trio from Florida, and they release a new sketch every weekend. Their stuff is loud, fast, and wacky, and <laughs> Isaiah loves it. <laughs> okay, so uh, they also have a similar sketch uh, to this where they're pitching. Uh, pitching sandcastle real estate. Yep. But uh, Isaiah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this sketch?
3: So uh, this sketch I originally saw on TikTok and was a shorter version. And then I went to their YouTube page where they have a ton of stuff um, and new stuff every week, every weekend. And there's a longer version of the sketch on there and I watched it and I still loved it. A uh, great concept. It's called trying to sell a bomb before it explodes. Um it's by this Florida group called Wizards with Guns. Uh, Frank is Mexico, Mexico. Mike is Bing Mexico. And Mitch filmed the whole thing, is what they told me when I reached out to them about credits. Uh, these guys are these guys are great. Uh, there's just a lot of high energy. It's very similar to our first guest. It's an infomercial parody. Uh, but they just take a different approach to it. And I think it's just as good um, with their approach. Um, and you know, they're there's just two guys who have a bomb that's about to explode and they're doing their damn hardest to sell it uh let's go to a clip yeah hi I'm Bing Mexico and I'm his brother Mexico we're practically dying to get this bomb off our hands and it can be yours for a low low price of 859 858 857 856
0: 855 bye 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 the boy bye bye it's, buy, buy, buy. it's like the whole family. Bond with
3: your boy. Bond with your boy. Bond with bonds. You're going
0: to die. James, And that's not all. It slices, dices, and melts your face off. So, okay. Um, since we're talking about two infomercial parodies today, what are the marks of a good infomercial parody?
3: Definitely the volume, um, the direct to the consumer talking people are, are doing. Um, I think you have to see the product from all angles for sure. I think that's a, that's a big thing. And then they have that like shopping channel music in the background or, you know, reference at some point uh, during the parody. I think, I think that's, that's definitely key.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that speed and energy are important, but I'm not sure if anybody's done this. I would love to see somebody do a low, low energy infomercial parody where the person selling it is just like, this is what we've got. It's okay. You know, like that kind of thing. But
1: uh... Yeah, that's a good idea. Cause I do think that's a mark of infomercials is that they act like whatever it is, is like the greatest, most life-changing thing ever. You know, like I was watching a, a pasta maker infomercial and they're just like, this will save you hours off of your life. And I'm like, how many hours are you spending making pasta in your day to day? Like what the hell's <laughs> wrong with you? You know? Um, yeah, but I do think that's a hallmark of a good infomercial. Good.
0: Um, I also think that the thing that they're selling should be as ridiculous as you can make it.
3: Usually the, the thing that they are in the real commercials, it really, like you said, Ashley, it's usually a thing that you're like, I really don't need this. So if the thing you're selling in your parody is also something people really don't need or very much do not need, I think that, that, uh, <laughs> that helps you know. the absurdity of it all uh, it, it plays yeah. very, very well
0: and like selling the qualities of the thing and this one specifically uh, the <coughs> excuse me the bomb was uh, undiffusible. yes like that's one of the selling points of the bomb is that you can't stop it we
3: tried <laughs> yeah.
0: that was a good I mean I also I I love the fact that the one guy came in and was like hi I'm big Mexico and Underneath it shows, you know, the caption, Bing, Mexico. And then the next guy comes in and says, and I'm his brother, Mexico. And then without him saying the last name, it just shows his name is Mexico, Mexico. And that was, <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Uh,
3: a lot, yeah. I think a lot of the infomercials have spokespeople uh, or yeah. you know, they have Your like a person personality. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, a personality behind it, yeah.
0: Again, to bring up Mr. Show, they did a cooking infomercial uh, where Bob Odenkirk was, was playing this, well, he was supposed to be British, but Bob Odenkirk's British accent is not, not great. Um, but it was one of those things where he was super high energy and then like the person he was uh, partnered with would make a mistake or something. And then he'd do that, like drop, turn to her and I would kill you. If you get this wrong kind of like thing, which is, I, I enjoy I enjoy that twist from the 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 bouncy bright yeah this is the greatest to uh, something more sinister. Yeah, we don't is... have that in this infomercial, I should say. These guys are just really desperate. Um,
2: they well they maintain the like I'm a salesperson or an infomercial character, but you can see the cracks in that where they are afraid of the bomb. I thought they struck that balance really well. I think a lot of other people who might have tried to write this sketch would try to maybe jump from one spectrum to the other and maybe do like a Mr. Show style, just drop of like, but no, really help us, please. And I am glad that they didn't do that, that they held this really tight line the whole time. I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would
1: agree.
0: I and mean, I was going to say, it's sort of the, one of the jokes that they pulled with that is, it's going for $8.59. 858, 856,
3: oh, 857. That was that's my favorite joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> so that was smart. Beautiful.
3: The price is dropping as the bomb's number drops. Oh, God, it's so good.
1: Yeah, because I mean, that's one of the things you do in comedy, right? You try to draw parallels, and that's, you know, the time of a bomb dropping can be parallel to a price dropping. And I think that's a great connection that they made.
0: How is the game of this sketch different than the game of discount Crisis? And I have some
3: ideas, but I'll say them later after you say your ideas. Um, I think we established in the first sketch. That it really is about competition. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the game, <laughs> the game in this one is the, the R sell. The focus is selling this bomb and it doesn't shy away from that. Even when the FBI or the bomb squad breaks in, They're there to help sell the bomb, you know, and it it never stops trying to push the bomb onto you, no matter how bad it gets or or, you know how crazy things get. There are two bombs, you know. It's they're still trying to sell them. Like it's that was
0: honestly one of my favorite jokes. And with this bomb, you get another (laughs) free bomb. There are two bombs. There are two bombs. (laughs) That was. Good. Oh, I was just gonna say really quickly. That was one of the things that this sketch had, the discount prices didn't, which was however more absurd the the their reality got, they just had to take it. You know, like again, that information. There's a second Bob. Yep, there is. That's what we're going with. Okay. The yes and kind of. The yes and
3: yes yeah. and
2: yeah, definitely. Kelsey, what are you gonna say? Yeah, yeah. Hey agree that I think the game is really about just selling the product because we see that in the last shot of the sketch of the ending where I was like wow where are they going to take this and then it explodes just kidding that was a tactic to get you to buy the bomb and then we're out like that's always the market of me of what is the game what's happening is what's the note we're ending on where did we get to and even even at the last second it's still about just selling this bomb (laughs)
3: Yeah, I dig that. That was a good way to wrap. Um, cause it, it is a it's what you expect. It's the Chekhov's gun. You see the bomb, you expect it to explode, it does, and then it's like, No, that was just a prank to show you what can happen. Uh sorry, if no, you buy
0: great. this bomb. Great touch. Great yeah. touch. Oh, that was another yeah. thing is that you couldn't get out of it. You know, it's like you can't escape its radius was <laughs> one of its selling
1: points. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely appreciated the dedication to to the game of like you you know the you're stuck with the bomb like you cannot get away with it you know you have to sell it and I thought that was great and I appreciate the reference to Chekhov's gun Isaiah I make that reference like every time I talk about any yep. art for, any art form at all I'm always like Chekhov's gun who so, <laughs> this- Chekhov's bomb this time yes US. Chekhov's bomb yeah or may, may, some other r- Russian writer Dostoevsky's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't listen to me
3: now. this sketch relies on their like they couldn't do it without this prop like e- even if you were to do a version of this on stage, I still think you need to have a physical thing with you as you're doing it okay. um, uh kelsey do you do you write let's say all right, we're gonna not rely on props or do we or do you? tend to like find a prop, write a sketch about that prop or do something where you need to have that prop with you in order to to execute the sketch?
2: I, I think it depends. And I think it's important not only think about prop, but thinking about your medium. Like if there's two things we know about commercials, they are selling a thing. So we need that thing and they are on my television. So I need to see that it looks like it's on my television. And I think Yes, the prop is critical in this, but also just the edits they have of the prices and the listing features and the quick cuts you that's not possible on stage. so I think if they were like, "Yeah, we want to do a commercial parody, those are the two things we need. It needs to look like a commercial, and it needs to have the commercial item. uh I think both were equally important here.
3: I just like the fact that the bomb juices
0: yes <laughs> it slices it dices yeah, yeah. Well, they like yeah.
3: yeah it was just like there was just so much going on and the bomb just wasn't just one thing uh
2: I, it looked like it had boba in it <laughs> the drink that was produced in which case i drink oh bomb boba yeah
3: I don't, I don't know who built it but i definitely was like man a lot of thought and work went into this. This is not, they could easily yeah. just done like a painted basketball black and put a rope to it. And it's like, oh, it's a bomb. Yeah, but like, no, they they, they didn't have the
0: Twinkly something. Lights, as they promised. <laughs> um, I like the, uh, well, I guess this is a segue to another question is, uh, how many jokes are in the sketch? And the answer is 48, I counted. Yeah, I was
3: it's like, there's no way this way. Oh, <laughs> It's way more than that.
0: Yeah, it's way more than that. One of my favorite throwaways was the James Bond thing.
3: Yes. <laughs> bond with bond. You're bond gonna die. Me. You're gonna die. <laughs> Jump. Bond. Yeah. Um I when I write a sketch and I get to a point where I'm like, this is good enough to take to the writer's room. I then go back and look at every line and it's like, can I add something that's a joke or weird in this line? And then I go to the next one, and I go to the next one, I go to the next one. And, and really do I get to fill it all out with extra stuff. Or if I do, it's just doesn't work. It's too much. Um, starts to feel like robot chicken. But they do this so well in this that there is like I almost feel like every line is a joke. And if there's not a word joke, it's a visual joke. Yeah. And it's how you say it, how you act, you turn, cut to the camera, it's like it's everything. It's so stacked. I was like, there might be a thousand jokes in, in this in this sketch. Yeah. Well even
0: the the beginning when they the focus is on Pico de Gallo. Like how many jokes do they have about Pico de Gallo? What if it is Pico de Gallo? That's not Pico de Gallo. It was clearly, uh, clearly guacamole. The second thing he was stirring around, and then it was a statue of a horse that could be Pico de Gallo. Yeah, they they were. It was like a, it's like a joke Tommy gun. They just pulled the trigger, and all these jokes came out rapid fire.
3: A Chekhov's Tommy gun. Yeah, it was a Chekhov's Tommy gun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Shows up in act one, you have to use it by act three. That's a deal. But yeah, like, like, and it didn't feel, um, it didn't feel forced because like the the big joke is that they are selling a bomb that is about to go off and that was present throughout the sketch. But the small jokes were again, very like, you know, like that when they were doing like, we were talking about the bond with bond, the joke before that is bond with your son or whatever like that. And these uh, these two people are out in a yard Playing a game of catch with the bomb, and you see them for like half a second doing that. <laughs> but we all know what catch is. The bomb is there. We all know what's going on, and it's funny, but it doesn't last. It makes an impression, but it's really quick.
3: Ashley, how do you write more jokes into your sketch after you? Like, how do you pad your? How do you try to pad your sco- your sketch with jokes?
1: How do I do that? Um, I kind of do the same thing. I think I go through, I read it. I, a lot of times I like wordplay and I look to see if there's, you know, some type of double entendre or, or something like that. Or like you said, looking for like a visual gag. Um, because I do think that you can definitely inundate your writing with too many extra jokes, like you said. And this one, I think was good with it, that it didn't, it had some wordplay or, you know, it had some visual gags. And it's important not to just add extra jokes because then it almost becomes kind of, I mean, I like Family Guy, I think Family Guy is funny, but then it can kind of become where you're like making too many of these other references and then you come back to the plot and then you make a reference and then you come back to the plot. And I don't think that that's necessarily effective for like a, a three to five minute sketch. Um, but yeah, I usually look for, you know, some little weird
3: play on words. You did um, one of my favorite sketches that you've done with us is the praying mantis sketch, which is a PowerPoint slide. And you, you play a teenage girl who's showing all the things you can make for your praying mantis to wear. And, but you, you know, we read this, the script and, and in, our, in the writer's room and a rehearsal. And then you finally put the PowerPoint together And there were all these extra jokes that were never on the page that you worked into the PowerPoint visually. And it just, it added so much. Did those ideas already were in your head before you got to that point? Or did you, as you were putting together, being like, oh, you know what? I could make it do this. I can make it do that. I could, you know...
1: I already had my idea, those ideas in my head when I wrote the the sketch. Um, but, the, you know, I think that a sketch is like a, it's like a, you know, we talk about bad medicine as being an organism. I think a sketch is like an, you know, an organism. You're kind of always like adding and subtracting from it. Um, and I would come up with something and then, you know, you take away, you add to it. Um, but yeah, I had the idea for all that when I wrote the, the sketch and then I just put it in the PowerPoint. Um, I think that's what I did. It's been it's been so long. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? it has been, been long.
3: This? Thank you, yeah. pandemic.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, it's been so long since we've done any anything. Um, but now we're working on stuff again, and it feels it feels great.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it. I, this is probably wrong uh, because I think it's just the last time I performed. But it feels like the last time we did anything was uh, at the Uni- Unified Scene Theater, which does not exist anymore.
3: <laughs> But, yeah, we did some yeah. festivals, and then we did a uh, one show, DC Improv, and then the pandemic hit before we can do the second show. So uh, uh, it really, it's been like, we're at, a, we're at a rate, we're going like one show a year.
0: <laughs> Which it gives us plenty of time job. to write, you know. It's yeah, it really does. <laughs> it
3: really, really does.
0: Unless we need to fill five minutes and somebody's like, well, we're going to do Red Ball Protocol.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Expectations are really high for this show though. We've had so much time to write. I'm like, I don't know what I'm putting out. It's, it's uh, equivalent to a year's worth of uh, work, but.
3: No, no, it's fine. We, we'll, we'll get there, we'll all get there in, in due time. What's your last question, Seth? Oh, my last
0: question? <laughs> What's well, a good time to use text on screen? I say any time is a good time to use text mm-hmm. on screen, but especially when it's unnecessary. Like Mm. when they, when they did the, the captions for Bing Mexico and Mexico, Mexico, we didn't need that. That was completely superfluous, but it was funny because it was there. And then we have the joke of seeing, you know, Mexico, Mexico on screen, when he just says his first
2: name. Good
3: point. I didn't think about that. That's a good point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was such a punch up of that joke and the listing, the qualities on the side, which again, as I said, I think is very in the style of the parody. Um, I have a super boring answer for text on screen. <laughs> I, not in this sketch, but I'm noticing more and more stuff that people put online has captions on it. And I love that. One, accessibility. But two, I think it can really help the jokes land harder, especially if you are got a sketch that's really quick and really fast and it's going to be a blink if you miss it. Having the words on screen just reinforces the the joke and I find I enjoy sketches better when I know exactly what they're saying. Like I like reading the lyrics, you know. Uh, They do not do that in a sketch, but I I see that as a trend that's increasing, and I'm here for it. Especially as as content creators and as we're putting our stuff online, people are just swiping and scrolling. They might not even be listening to what you're saying, but if they can see your jokes that you're saying, they might pause longer and watch longer.
3: The are you doing? Captions. Are you doing this?
2: With your stuff now that you're putting out. I'm trying to. Um, yeah, for all those reasons, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not as prolific as I once was.
3: <laughs> oh, uh, so also, if you are on TikTok and you are making videos and you are putting text on your videos, please do not put them at the bottom of the screen. Oh, God. you can't. Yeah, well, yeah people do, do that raise. all the time. And
0: you can't. Please raise.
3: move it yeah. up. I know I, it's going to cover your face. But I I can't read it. I can't read it.
0: Yeah, I actually I actually have a TikTok video where I put text on screen, and I I try not to put it on the bottom.
3: Yeah, it's like it has to be like one start one third up. Yeah, is your is your range? It's it's a lot higher than it looks, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely definitely would agree with that.
1: But I I agree with you, Kelsey. I think a lot of times people will just be like scrolling through their phone on Facebook and they don't necessarily have the sound turned on, you know, and then that way they can see your stuff without having to, you know, turn the sound on. And I, you know, will put captions for anything that I make, you know, which will be coming soon. I'm going to upload those. (laughs) stupid videos that i made to tiktok hopefully in the next couple or to the bad medicine tiktok in the next couple weeks so and i'll caption them not on the bottom though
3: but <laughs> well, you do a lot of silent film stuff too with your finger yeah, that
1: pumping. i didn't caption. so there's it.
3: no there's no there's no language so the text becomes the actual way to tell the joke
1: you know? yeah but the, the two things that i made recently do have me talking so That's i was put, yeah yeah so yep yeah.
0: Oh, well, you moved on to talkies now, have you? Yeah, I'm
1: doing talkies now. <laughs> yeah.
3: So they'll be in color soon, too.
1: Now, what color? Oh. Uh,
0: so I think with that, it's probably time for final thoughts. So, Ashley, as our guest, can you come up with a rating system for these two sketches?
1: Yeah. Um, Does it have to be like a, a, a number? Or Actually, whatever you want, literally. yeah. Whatever okay. you want.
0: It's just usually something from one of the sketches, and we tend to then rate on a one to ten of that thing, whatever it is. But you can break it. It's but you it's can true. break it. You can do yeah. whatever. Okay. You can do whatever you want. I Julian, mean, when he was on the show, never followed the system once.
1: Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm going to give the Tim and Eric sketch. I'm going to give it 1999. Okay. Twenty. All right. Uh, a nineteen
3: ninety nine on a twenty. It's prices? That's
1: a price. prices. The prices, yeah, the prices, okay. yeah. So we're
3: doing of prices. Right. Okay.
1: And the the um bomb sketch I'm gonna give um eight dollars, eight forty eight, like the the time that declines. All right. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Okay.
0: Uh, Kelsey, <laughs> what do you think? How would you rate these two sketches?
2: Um Tim and Eric really did feel like a just train hurtling towards a destroyed bridge, and that was just a fun trip. I'd give it a $6.99 for the price of seven thirty. dollars um, But The Wizards with Guns, definitely different pacing, um, and oh, so many jokes, packed and packed and packed, and the ending got me so good. I was like, there's there's only one way to end it, but then they did a different ending. And for me, that's a, it's a $20 for the price of nineteen
3: ninety nine. 99 Oh, wow. <laughs> Going fast. Isaiah, what do you think? Uh, so, like I said, I'm not a big Tim and Eric fan. Um, I know I've got a lot of friends that are, and, and I feel sorry for them. But this is their best sketch for me. Um, I could watch it over and over again and I love the visuals and everything about it. So I could easily spend $50 hard cash on this sketch. Um, I think it's, it's definitely a quality. And if I was teaching sketch comedy, I would bring it into a room as a, as a good parody, a commercial parody for people to kind of glean from. It's short, quick and fast. And it, and it, it, it's packed with jokes. With that also being said, Wizards with Guns, which I love, I love their comedy. I love how they're approached, their approach to comedy and being loud and fast. And just the amount of jokes they've got, they get in to that sketch about selling a bomb before it explodes, which is just a great premise. I, I'm, I'm great. I'm good with giving, you know, $100 cash with, you oh, wow. know, a $7 shipping fee thrown on top. Um, it's definitely (laughs)
2: it's
3: definitely definitely up there for me like when i was picking sketches i had a different sketch in mind that i wanted to talk about today and as i was going through the list that one was underneath the one i picked and so i clicked on it and i was like crying tears watching it again (laughs) and i was like all right screw the first sketch i picked this 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 is the one that i I really want to highlight um and you know they're young guys doing awesome things and i wish them the best Nice. Well, uh, I'm gonna give
0: the Tim and Eric Awesome Show sketch uh a a discounted price. It was fifteen ninety nine, now it's nine ninety nine. Uh and I think that you know that's good. You can get it for cheap. I would have to say though that selling a bomb, I'm gonna give that a price of ninety-nine ninety-six, which you could pay in four easy installments of twenty-four ninety-nine. Wow. Yeah.
2: Credit or debit?
0: Credit or debit.
2: Holy cow. <laughs>
0: Check or COD, accept it.
1: <laughs> Can you oh, use yeah. Cl- Klarna payments where it'll be like you buy something that's $15 and it's like four easy payments of $4. I'm like, okay. <laughs> anyway, yes. sorry.
3: No, no, no. That's- <laughs> what about the second bomb? Is it free?
0: The, sec- uh, the second bomb, yeah, it's free. Second bomb is always free.
3: Second bomb is always free. I love it. That's right. Rule that's of comedy.
0: Check off second bomb. All right, so thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds, and a special get uh, <laughs> special thanks to our guest Ashley for being a guest on today's show. Hey, where can our listeners find you online?
1: Uh, on Reddit, pro- probably.
0: Oh, yeah, on Reddit in the Divorce Birds. Yeah,
1: look, look at the top. <laughs> if you look at the top post of Divorce Birds, you will. I, I I think it would be clear who I am. So. <laughs> Yeah, or, or on, I don't know. Or, I don't know. I'm not that active on, I, you can find me on the Bad Medicine TikTok in a couple of weeks. How about that? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I'm going to make you post all those TikToks you've been making. They're really good. They're really good. Thank so you. check I us appreciate- out. Bad Medicine DC. That's the same, it's everywhere. So. Ashley's Ashley's stuff will be on there you'll know
0: it's Ashley's stuff you'll know you'll know know. it's going to be a lot of TikToks about being tall and (laughs) (laughs) punching people who make fun of people who are tall that's That's
1: right
3: no Ashley's stuff's great Uh, she's definitely one of our our strongest writers Um, Kiki you know pitched you and was like oh she should come she's really great (laughs) Your group was called uh, Superhumans or something like that? Super
1: Sketchy Humans, yeah. Super
3: Sketchy Humans, yeah. Yeah. Um, So when she pitched us and sent us your scripts, um, I think you guys even did like a podcast parody video.
1: Yes, yes, I did, yes. And that is online somewhere. It's called Six Inches Under, but it's somewhere in the annals of YouTube.
3: Um, Yeah, it was just really strong stuff. And so we brought you in and then like you just immediately were just dropping hot fire and I was like, yes. (laughs) This is what we need. Uh, so thank you for joining the group. Um, no,
1: thank you for having me. It's I love it. It's been great, and it definitely is. Like I said, it, it sketch felt like home to me much more than stand up or improv did, or or just comedy writing without like acting it. So,
0: yeah. and uh, we're thank glad you. you found your home with us. Oh. That thanks, bad God. medicine.
3: <laughs> right, thanks, Kelsey, for joining us
0: for this yes. cool yeah, episode.
2: Always, LA. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, you zoomed
0: me. you in at great expense. Yeah, it was that's, awesome. That's, that's, bad yeah. medicine. Travel budget's blown for the rest of the year. <laughs> All right, but. Fellow Sketch Nerd, please like, share, and subscribe. If you know of a great sketch we haven't discussed yet, please send it to us. We love getting suggestions. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash Sketch Nerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Ashley Nemo, Isaiah Haddon, and Kelsey Sweeney, I'm Seth Alcorn, and thank you for listening to Sketch Nerds.
3: This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t shirts, please visit BadMedicineComedy.com.